0: Welcome to my Love Life Podcast. Episode number 170. It's not my problem. It's December 27th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and who knows what else. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast and none of my content is intended or designed to be medical or therapy advice. My music is by Howie Moskowitz. It's not my problem. Oh, my heavens, people. I think we'll have a little bit of fun with this one. So before I dive in to break apart this commonly used phrase, which is actually an idiom, I would like to invite you to visit my website and do two things. Enter my giveaway. The prizes will be shipped and the winners will be picked and the prizes will be shipped in 2024, probably February, March. I also invite you to download my free emotional processing workbook. I'm on version 5.0. A cover will be coming with the table of contents in the next week or two. And also my disclaimer, I am not a therapist or a medical health professional in any capacity. Nothing I say in this podcast or in any of my other content in any format is designed to be medical or therapy advice. You should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. You should be informed that I do have transcripts for all of my podcasts, even though I just realized this week they are in a terrible format. So it will take me several hundred hours to fix the format for 170 podcasts. That's a project for 2024 because I'm estimating it takes about four hours per, per episode to, to get the, it looking nice the way it should look. So, but I do have transcripts in a terrible format. I mean, I'm not feeling bad because when I started with the transcripts last year, hardly anybody was doing them. So, you know, that's what happens if you're a beginner and nobody's there to say, oh, this is how you do it. Uh, so for people who are in the deaf and hard of hearing community, the transcripts are extremely valuable. I apologize for the format. I I completely apologize. And at some point it will be improved. I hope if you are listening to this podcast and you are feeling suicidal, please stop what you're doing and call the national suicide prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Or you may call or text 988. If you understood How you got put together as a human being, you probably might not be feeling suicidal. You might actually feel proud of yourself for making it this far. So call 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988 if you need some support or if you're feeling suicidal. I promise you people will help you. They'll do the best they can and there is a lot of help available. All right, we're going to dive right into the idiom. It's not my problem. Well, you know... It used to mean one thing, like it, it, it's often used to mean you don't care about the difficulties of someone else. It can also mean that something is not one's responsibility or duty or concern, or it might be also used to mean that it's not something you care about or in, that you intend to be involved with. So that's kind of the definition of it's not my problem as an idiom so it's also said that's not my problem so it's not my problem or that's not my problem but there are many other ways that this the context or the, the connotation of this phrase is used so let me give you some other examples of ways people might say the same thing it's not my circus not my monkeys it's not my farm not my pigs i don't care i'm not getting involved Or I'm not involved, it's not my responsibility, it's none of my business, that's outside of my scope, it doesn't impact me. So there are many ways to say it's not my problem or that's not my problem. And I did do a little peek into the research which was fascinating because there are some entities who feel this phrase should never ever be used. So period. So I'm letting you know that that that's one point of view, because in that point of view, from their point of view, the phrase feels like you are lashing out or it's somehow aggressive. And I read that and I was like, what, what, what? Whoa, this is a simple statement. It's not my problem, or that's not my problem. There's no aggression in that statement as a statement unless you put meaning on it, unless you give it some context. There's no context to the statement. It's not my problem. There's just no context. There's no meaning unless you give it meaning. So I was really kind of taken aback. And I think as I go through the different ways of, of looking at this and how it can be used positively and negatively, I think it will start to make sense for you, hopefully. So just so you're clear, the sentence or the phrase, it's not my problem or "Or that's not my problem in and of itself really just is what it is. It just says what it says. It doesn't say you know, anything more. And so if you're adding aggression to it, that's something you're adding because there's no aggression to that statement unless you put some context in some other meaning. Now, so there are other points of view, but I'm just giving you that. That's kind of like the extreme. I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not, I have no skin in the game as to how you view this phrase or whether you use it or you don't use it. I'm not saying to use it. I'm not saying not to use it, but this is not black or white. And I do think this phrase, if you become heightened, have a heightened sensitivity to it, if you become more aware of how it can be used, that will help you keep your peace. Now, what's interesting is that since my car accident on Labor Day, I started doing podcasts while I was in rehab in October, thanks to the Cedarwood Rehab Facility and and Healthcare Center in Tyrone, PA, who were very helpful in printing out my podcast drafts, <laughs> hitting the elevator button for me, giving me a little space in the, in the community room or chapel. They're very helpful, or the lobby. But since um the accident and since I started you know doing podcasts in October what's what's interesting to me is that whether it's God whether it's the universe or whatever I am getting just content coming to me out of the blue out of nowhere it's it's been very interesting it's actually fascinating so I had written up this draft of this podcast it's not my problem last week and then I was thinking, hmm, is this a podcast I should do? Is that worthy of people's time, et cetera, et cetera? And then yesterday I was working on a new podcast because they keep coming, people. They keep coming uh, easily. So it's effortless. That just the content just like shows up in my mind out of the blue is I'm doing this other podcast and I caught myself writing the sentence about it's not my problem. I thought, oh yeah, I do have to do that podcast. So I'm doing it because this will be, this podcast will be referenced in an upcoming podcast. So I am raising your awareness to this because uh, there are harmful ways that this phrase is used, which I'm going to get into. Now, hopefully you don't do this, but if you do, you can just stitch it. You can just become awake and aware and then stop doing it. But uh, one harmful way is when the phrase is used to ditch or dismiss your role or ro- responsibility in a given situation, event, or circumstance. So if the phrase is used to shirk your responsibility or your role or your, your, your part in something, that's a, that's a negative harmful effect and that's not good. So let me give you an example so you're very clear. So say, for example, your adult child is having trouble functioning, perhaps having mental health issues or depression or some other problem. Could be financial, could be anything, which is a direct result of childhood trauma. You as a parent say, it's not my problem. I raised you to age 18. Now you are on your own. We have plenty of parents who take that approach. My point is that the child was raised in an an environment where through whatever circumstance they had trauma, could have been an adverse childhood experience, could be all kinds of trauma, betrayal trauma, and whether it was, it could be neglect, it could have been through parental addictions, some type of abuse, withholding love and affection, all of which are extremely common, which... In my mind, this is the analogy I have. I I love analogies, and um, I don't know if this this analogy will fly, but uh, no pun intended. But here's my analogy to this example. It's like a mother bird clips their baby bird's wings so the baby bird can't fly, and then blames the baby bird for not flying when it was the mother bird who clipped their baby bird's wings. And then blames the baby bird. So that's my analogy. Because we as parents, in my humble opinion, we have a duty and a responsibility to train and instruct and raise our children in really healthy environments, which for the most part we're not doing. Now, some of us didn't do it because it was out of our reach. We tried. We tried. We may have efforted valiantly, valiantly, but it didn't work out. But the, the situation is really parents saying, well, you should be able to do it on your own. We are not teaching young people emotional intelligence. We are not teaching young people how to manage and process their emotions. We are not teaching young people how to cope with life. We're just not teaching young people most of the things that they need. And on top of it, the nuclear family is all but bust, you know, back in the way back in the day, You know, parents, when your parents were growing up or your grandparents were growing up, they had their grandparents to help them. They had they had aunts and uncles who would show up for them. And now we've got, you know, very, uh, very disjointed family structure. So this phrase being used that way is very harmful and it it allows the parent to shirk responsibility. Now, you might not believe that it's your job to teach children. that's okay you can have that point of view you're you can have any point of view that you so wish I I it's your life do your life how you want but I personally believe that parents are we're missing the mark, and I'm in, I'm in that boat. I will be apologizing for the rest of my life to my children for things that happened outside of my purview and within my purview. It's it's I did the best I could, but I'm not I'm not afraid to say, oh, yeah, that was really not good. Um, now, there are parents who don't get this luxury, and I think they deserve a really add a girl add a boy big nod and lots of praise which is the parents of special needs children so parents who take this approach well your child is 18 they're off and they're on their own that's one approach but the parents of special needs children don't get that luxury they don't have that option they have the responsibility for the most part all by themselves for their child for the rest of their life their life, their child's life. So, when these parents, when their child starts to get eighteen, they're looking at, you know, their finances. They're looking at, you know, special wills and 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 estate planning for their special needs child. These people, they have an exhausting, endless, endless, chronic supply of problems and issues because of their special needs child, which could be, you know, uh, a cognitive or developmental delay. It could be uh, a medical fragility where the child is medically fragile. It could be all kinds of things, but hardly anybody recognizes that, which I, I'm not happy about. I, they've been, it's been on my list to do a podcast about, but I haven't, I haven't done it, done it because all this new content is just, is flying at me out of the blue. So I'm I'm taking it as it comes now. And I've seen parents who, you know, do these videos where they quote unquote recovered from an addiction and they're almost gleeful. It's almost spiteful. It's almost kind of like ha 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 on you. We do recover. But what I've never seen yet, yet doesn't mean it's not out there, is the parents saying, wow, you know, I really damaged my child. They went into foster care once or they went into foster care twice. Some of them you know, really had some tough situations, but I don't see these gleeful quote unquote recovered parents talking about repairing what they did to their child or their children, because some of them just keep having them. So it's, it's a, decision that some people will not agree with me on, I'm okay if you don't agree with me. I'm offering information to try to help you. That phrase is like clipping your child's wings if, if there was, and we know there was almost for sure trauma and adverse childhood experiences. So that's number one. Number two, when you use the phrase, it's not my problem, to blame someone else. And that is a common use of the phrase in the negative, in the negative side. Number three, when you use the phrase to minimize a situation, event, or circumstance. Well, we have, uh, we have people who are minimizers. Now that can be a cognitive distortion. I mean, it is a cognitive distortion, but it's also the way that some people live, that they will take any event, any situation, and they will minimize, they will minimize the impact. They will just, they minimize this exactly what they do. So for those people, this is a phrase that, that would be one of their favorite phrases because it kind of takes their, it makes them less responsible or, or makes them not responsible. So, That's a phrase that a minimizer would use to get themselves kind of off the hook. So in my humble opinion here in the Love Life podcast series, the world would change enormously if we could get 20% of the parents, just 20%, to look inward and say, wow, I messed that piece up as a parent or, oh, I made a mistake when I was raising you or I was not at my best when I was raising you. Let's do the work. Let's go on the journey so we can, we can heal this instead of being in denial or minimizing. That would, that would cause a huge ripple effect in the world, like ginormous. It would be unbelievable if we could just get 20% of the parents to start accepting responsibility. And by the way, this phrase is used at work. It's used everywhere. This is not a phrase that's limited to parents and their children or dysfunctional families or, or siblings or what have you. This is a pervasive phrase used all over the place. So you kind of now get the con- construct or the, con- the context of the negative, the way it's used in a negative fashion. I would like to address how you can use it positively because of course, I always look for the upshot. I always look for the bright side. I always look for the silver lining. And I do believe this phrase can have a very serious positive impact in particular with people who lack boundaries or who are enmeshed or codependent or feel entitled to what you have or what's going on or have other issues. Those people are more likely to cross the line. And so this can be a helpful phrase for you to protect your peace and to protect yourself. So I have a couple examples. So example one, this is using the phrase in a positive way. Someone you know does a poor job planning a party or an event. It's their own party or event. And then they ask you to drop everything and fix it. Depending on your relationship and on the context of the party, like what it's for, etc., you may want to do that, in which case, well, yay, no problem. At the same time, you might not be of the mindset or you might not be in a financial position or be able to have the time to help. You just might it might be out of your reach. I wouldn't necessarily recommend you say That's not my problem to your friend, although you could, or you might, depending on how they ask you and how they're treating you, but it literally is not your problem. And to have the distinction, it's not my problem for yourself, in your own mind and in your life, not to say that you're going to say it out loud every time. There are plenty of things you will think that you do not say out loud, but it's helpful for you to be able to recognize, you know what? their poor planning or their poor execution or their whatever is not my problem. And it's too much of a stretch. It's too stressful for me. I can't help them the way they would like. So that's example one. Example two (laughs) is someone is mad at you because you won't change your vacation plans or something, your, your social calendar or something to fit their agenda. Now you had whatever you had planned prior to their request, but they're still, not happy, making drama or what have you. I'm not again suggesting that you say that's not my problem but you in your own mind understanding that you are sticking to your promises or your commitments it is not their upset is not your problem. So you get the idea but I'm going to give you one more example just in case. So example three someone is projecting their feelings onto you and being a little bit mean and cruel, which you did nothing to incite, provoke, or create. Sidebar. I did just do a podcast on projection recently. That's extremely important that you understand that because if people are projecting their emotions, their behavior, their what have you onto you, that's extremely valuable for you to know. You would want to know that. and You also wouldn't want to project on other people. But going back to the example, you recognize that they are projecting because, of course, you understand projection. And you can politely say, thank you for telling me how you really feel without necessarily saying anything about the projection and or you could say something about the projection. I'm fine with it either way. That's your choice and your decision. But at least in your own mind you will be aware that they are projecting and it's not your problem. It's not your circus, it's not your monkeys, it's not your issue. And I do say this because oh, people project all the time onto me like especially since the accidents become like a raging raging issue where People are expecting that I would be depressed. Well, it isn't it's no fun. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it's no fun. Not being able to walk normally or run or certainly not having my dog because I, I can't take care of him. Um, it's that's no fun. Although I'm very excited because I'm I'm getting out on my own on Friday, so woohoo. Uh, I don't know that I'll record a podcast on Friday. I might. Like it depends on what time I get all situated. But People are projecting depression, sadness, pain, all the things. I'm not having pain, people. I took myself off of pain medications, prescription pain medications, in early October, all by myself. I mean, I did get the nursing staff and the medical staff's approval. I don't just go do things. But I haven't been depressed. I'm not sad. I'm not happy I had an accident. And I'm still processing my emotions about that. But people, the projection is very clear. And people are not happy with me because someone said, well, you know, uh, how's the pain? Well, I haven't had pain. I have not, except for one time when I was left without pain meds, which I won't get into. uh, Big, big, big error on somebody's part. Uh, I haven't been in pain, period. Like, and I've been off of pain. So, like, why are you bringing up pain? You know, because I'm not talking about it. I've not been talking about it. Or depression. I'm not. How could I be doing these podcasts, which I love, if I was depressed? I don't know. But anyway, so you get the flavor of. You don't have to say to somebody, "Hey, you're projecting." You could say that. It might be very appropriate for you to say that. I just don't know what's appropriate for you. I've said it to people, and I have also not said it to people. So here's a summary of some common areas. These are very common situations in life common meaning they happen every day where it's helpful for you to have this idea that it's not your problem or it's not your you know that's not your problem not to say that you're going to say it but these are common so number one i just talked about which is projection projection is extremely common and many people too many people don't know what what that is number two passive aggressive anger We are low in anger skills in society, in my opinion. As a result, some of the anger that happens at work, in families, or in any other situation is passive-aggressive anger. And that's not not healthy and it's not cool. But passive-aggressive anger is common. Number three, being mean or cruel or somehow unkind. Also common. (laughs) Number four, entitlement. I'm not sure of the pervasiveness of entitlement, but it seems common enough. Number five, unfair or unreasonable expectations. We frequently do not talk about expectations. Reasonable, unreasonable, fair, unfair, etc. We we just frequently don't. It kind of lurks in the background without being expressed. But that is a problem. If someone has unfair or unreasonable expectations of you and you do not know that, of course, you might not rise to the occasion because nobody's talking about their expectations or their, the issue that the, the expectations are unfair or unreasonable has not been addressed. Crossing boundaries. Well, one of the issues on crossing boundaries is some people do not have boundaries. Boundaries are very helpful to you for your mental and emotional health, extremely helpful, and people will cross your boundaries intentionally or unintentionally and that's a problem. Minimizing a situation as I already mentioned which can be a cognitive distortion. Invalidating your feelings or emotions. <laughs> well I do have a podcast on invalidating feelings yours or others. We invalidate people's feelings every day in everyday life. It's a it's one of the most common behaviors which is not helpful. So the next one, though, is people who are easily hurt or offended. So people who are usually or easily hurt or offended will um, cause problems sometimes, many times. And this is frequently because they have low self-esteem and or irrational thinking Irrational thinking and low self-esteem travel together frequently. They may also have negative thinking. And frequently, these people who have low self-esteem and or irrational thinking and or negative thinking will project or put their issues and problems onto you. For example, you hurt my feelings. You offended me. So sidebar on this, I did do a podcast about being easily hurt or offended. If that applies to you, I would suggest you go take a listen. This is something that is very common because what happens internally in their mind with a person who has low self-esteem and or rational thinking and or negative thinking, any combination, is that they are adding a negative meaning or a hurtful meaning to something that is not there. So they're adding meaning and adding nuance or adding context that's simply not there. And they will then blame you for hurting them or blame you for offending them when what you said was not offensive or hurtful if they had standalone self-esteem. I'm telling you, there is a night and day difference between having standalone self-esteem and low self-esteem. Now, um, sometimes with these people who are easily hurt or offended, you will hurt their feelings simply by not agreeing with them. Now, I want you to listen to that. You will hurt their feelings simply because you don't agree with them. Give me a break, people. Give me a break. I, as a human being, am entitled to my bo- opinions, my views, my beliefs, my my whole way of life. I do not have to agree with you or yours in any way, shape, or form. And if you are hurt because we don't share the same views, that is on you. But you can see they're taking their their stuff and putting it on you or me. You know, like, no. No each human being isn't entitled by birth to have their own views to have their own opinions to have their own feelings to have their own you know expect like they you you're entitled to your own stuff and when someone says you hurt my feelings or you offended me and it's because you don't agree with them or your beliefs are different or your opinion you know that's i call bs on that i call total bs on that that's that's ridiculous but this is what people who haven't done the work on themselves, they do that. They do that all the time. I was actually just recently talking to somebody about this and they're like, Oh yeah, and they knew exactly what I was talking about. So I am not suggesting that you invalidate a person's feeling who says, I'm I'm hurt or offended. I'm not suggesting that you invalidate them. Because you could say to them, I am sorry. You're feeling hurt and offended. I'm validating that you are feeling hurt and offended. Then you might say something else, or you might not, it depends on your relationship with them. I might typically say, I am, however, entitled to my own opinions and beliefs because I do not have to agree with you. I might say that. It depends on the relationship. So there are people who will just go down this rabbit hole or get in this 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 pit. And you become the blame, like you're the fall guy for their hurt feelings, which is just is not, it's not okay. There's nothing right about that. And some people, and we're talking about these people who have low self-esteem, possibly irrational thinking, and possibly negative thinking, uh, they will automatically, many of them, invalidate themselves. So if you don't agree with them, some of them, or if you don't agree with them fast enough, like quickly enough they will immediately start invalidating themselves and they will just like, they go off the deep end. So you having different opinions, beliefs, feelings, uh, you know, makes, it's not a statement on them unless they make that statement or convey it by way of body language or facial expressions or scoffing noises or what have you, rolling their eyes. I mean, I have difference. I have a difference of opinion with lots of people. You know, I have my, my beliefs and people in my circle, they have their beliefs. I respect that they are having their beliefs. And some of them are very different. Like Some of us do not believe in the same things. That doesn't get in the way of us respecting each other and appreciating each other and loving each other. But we do have a percentage of people who have to be right Now, I did talk about this in a podcast dealing with someone who's always right. What I want you to take away, which is really covered in that podcast, is sometimes people can't be wrong because it is psychologically unsafe for them to examine their own mind, to go rooting around in their own mind. I hope you would have compassion for that, that it's psychologically unsafe. So they have to stick to or cling to whatever beliefs or opinions or thoughts they have. They cannot be open-minded. And I did talk about that in my being open-minded or openness podcast also recently so it's a it's a problem for some people because of the way that they got put together from trauma so I have great compassion for the different ways people get put together because of trauma but in this podcast I'm hoping that you're getting the sense that people will put their stuff on you My goal is for you to be happy, for you to be healthy, for you to be well-loved, for you to have this amazing life. It's not going to be amazing and phenomenal if you accept other people's stuff. You could call it other people's monkeys, you could call it other people's pigs, whatever you want to call it. You do not need to take on other people's stuff. You don't have to do it. And I don't recommend it. Now, this is very different if you're the safe person. If you're the safe person for another human being, which you may be or maybe not. I have been the safe person for many people over a lifetime. I do talk about when you're the safe person in a separate podcast by the same title. I do recommend you bring that distinction into your life because it's very different if you're the safe person for someone. It's extremely different. Like the rules don't apply. If you are the safe person for your child, if you're the safe person for your spouse, well, hopefully hopefully if you're married or hopefully if you have a significant other, hopefully you are the safe person for them, I hope. Which means taken in the context of a significant other relationship or spouse or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. you You want your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, whatever the title is, to be able to mess up, you know, maybe be dysregulated in their emotions, you know, make mistakes and for you to be able to unconditionally love them and accept them. I mean you might have to say, Okay, you know, this this little behavior, I I need you to come say to me, I need space, I'm going, I'm going for a walk, or I need space, I'm gonna go down and, and work in the my man came or you know like uh, this is what I need for me to feel good I want to give you what you need to feel good and right now you need space like like you would be having conversations with your person that makes them continuously feel safe I mean we as human beings typically do not relish relationships where we do not feel safe and there are many relationships where we don't feel safe because we're actually not safe because we are actually trauma bonded with people who aren't so so great to us we are like it's amazing and shocking i know i know i know well trust me i'm telling you so you will be or hopefully you are the safe person for someone and you have safe people for yourself the, this is this is not where you say it's not my problem. Like I would not use it's not my problem to someone who you're the safe person for. I I wouldn't do that. But in society, we are typically not talking about the safe person. I I oh, sometime earlier this year in 2023. That that terminology popped into my head and I was thinking about my relationships with other people and I thought, wow, I have been the safe person from a very young age for others. And I had other people who were the safe people for me. And then I thought, well, is that even a term? Is that really even a thing? It is a thing and it's important. So this phrase I would not use. With your significant other, your person. Uh, now, if you have, if you're with an abuser, hmm, yeah, probably inappropriate because you're you're with an abuser. I mean, that would look like you're trapped in domestic abuse, which happens very often. But I hope in this context, you're starting to get to see the ways that this phrase could be helpful, and the ways where it could be hurtful. So it, it's a phrase that has positive uses. And it has some hurtful uses. I have no problem with however you do your life. I certainly hope you are on the road to becoming happy and healthy and loving your life and feeling good about yourself. Because not only would that be good for you, that would be good for the world. Like how would the world look? If 85% of the population felt good about themselves, it would be, it would be a complete game changer. We actually wouldn't need 85% of the world to like cause this reverberation, huge impact. We would probably only need about 20 or 25%. That would, the ripple effect with that would just kind of take over the world. So, I do have lots of content to help you become happy, become happier, healthier and be well loved. What you do with this phrase is completely up to you. I've given you some thoughts, I've given you some ideas and some guidelines and it can be a fun phrase. I I know somebody, God God bless their soul or God rest their soul, who use this all the time and we would we would laugh about it but anyway so use it in good health where it's appropriate and for some of you this phrase now moving forward from today forward you might stop and go hmm and 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 real, realize or recognize that someone is using that phrase to blame you or using that phrase to shirk responsibility or using that phrase in a way that doesn't nurture you or doesn't support you which of course is is a no-go in my book so i do love you hang in there for now uh because for right now people i love you but it's not my problem i'm lisa lundy saying thank you for listening to my love life podcast episode number 170 it's not my problem well you will probably have some new thoughts from now on, whether you say the phrase, it's not my problem, or whether other people say the phrase, which is the entire design of the podcast, is to get you thinking so that you can use this phrase to your benefit and not to your detriment. Please share this podcast on social media because of course you'd like to help change the world for the better with more love and affection and all the good stuff. I do love you. I hope you're hanging in there for now. Take care.